tonight's episode of Still Token with, we are talking with Tim Capello. You may know him from the Lost Boys. He was the sexy sax player on the beach, but he's also had an amazing musical career, playing with people such as Peter Gabriel, Tina Turner. This is an amazing episode coming at you right now. The Dorkening and all affiliated shows are not intended for anyone under the age of 18. The following may contain discussions or scenes that have adult situations, graphic violence, nudity, strong sexual content, and graphic language. This show is intended for mature audiences only. Viewer discretion is advised. You have a hankering for horror knowledge? We have such sights to show you. Do you require raging retro reviews? Do you desire discussions with devastatingly dashing dorks? The Dorkening Podcast Network has nearly 30 shows to satisfy all of your nerdy, geeky, and dorky needs. From horror reviews and celebrity interviews. Hi, I'm Adam Green, the director of the Hatchet Films and the star of Allison. Hi, this is Dominic Pace, who played the bounty hunter Gecko from The Mandalorian. Hi, I'm Mike Price. I'm a writer on The Simpsons. I co-created Epis for Family. Hi, guys. This is Dee Wallace from E.T. and Cujo. Hi, my name is Kurando Mitsutake, director of Gun Woman and Karate Kill. Hi, this is Samantha Newark, the voice of Jem and Jerrica from the original Jem and the Holograms cartoon series. As well as nostalgic trips into the past, pop culture, the latest in entertainment news, and so much more. Featuring a variety of shows and hosts that will simultaneously enrage, enlighten, and entertain you. Check out the Dorkening Podcast Network. My mom says I'm cool. Available on iTunes, Spotify, thedorkening.com, and wherever fine podcasts can be found. This is our ad for still, uh, sorry, not still, we're talking about still token with. <laughs> uh, Deadly Grounds Coffee, now more than ever, we need to support indie artists and indie businesses. And Deadly Grounds, they're a local roaster, absolutely love them. They're right here in Connecticut. And we do everything we can to support them, like, you know, how we should be doing that. And uh, with that being said, Ben, how are you doing this evening? As always, with the smoke. Always. Yeah. Always. Always. I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Thank yeah. you. How are you doing? Doing okay. <laughs> I just want to say to everybody that's joining us, uh, sorry about the late start, but we do have an actor slash musician, and with covid hitting this year and events being canceled we wanted to give you that kind of concert feel like the anticipation you just got to kind of wait for it so here we are there <laughs> we are uh, jeffrey how you doing sir i am doing awesome 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 yeah and i'm um i'm gonna change our guest's name too <laughs> he's uh his new name is Timmy Compel Late. <laughs> and for all you ladies out there, just so you know, he's a catch because he doesn't know how to push buttons. <laughs> well, you you were saying that one of your fans messaged and said, "Oh, you're you're having the sexy guy from the beach on the show." Yeah, the sexy guy from the beach. There he is. What's up, Tim? Yeah, everybody. So how's everybody doing out there? He's right. I'm late. It was all my fault. <laughs> There's this thing. Hold on. There's this thing that you can do with your phone, and it, it with your finger, and you push it up, and it's called scrolling. And if you scroll, <laughs> just hang with, hang with me here, because this is brilliant. If you can push it up or down, and then you might see, if you scroll, you may see something that says, 
enter the studio and start the show. <laughs> you may not see it, but there's a really good chance if you do this thing with your finger that you may actually see we could start the show, you stupid motherfucker. <laughs> well, if we, we you just would only just push scroll and push this button. So I'm standing here. I I got a little practicing done because I thought that you guys, I just thought, oh, these bastards are late. I thought you were going to like pull me out somehow. So you had to call me and tell me about this action that I can do on the phone. And once I got that down, it was only another, you know, few minutes. So I want to apologize to everybody. It was entirely my fault. And, um, you know, what can I say? I just thought, like you said, I'm just a rock musician from the age of professional touring from the age of 19. So I'm just used to road managers, <laughs> tour managers telling me what to do. Oh, go and be in the lobby then. And then now go to sleep and then we'll wake you up. Don't forget to push so, the button. Yeah. So you yeah. need a secretary, Tim. A secretary would have told you you got to scroll up. <laughs> scroll up. See, I'm loving this. Wait a minute. Let me write this down. Scroll up. Okay, I got it. That sounds like a number one hit coming out next year. <laughs> no, it'd be scroll up. You guys are so sweet. Thank you very much for talking me through this because I just would have sat here for like two hours <laughs> just practicing going, well, I know they're going to come get me. It's certainly nothing I have to do. <laughs> they're just going to come and they're just going to pull me into the phone as if by magic, but it doesn't work that way. See, there's a little button with after the scroll and you have to hit it. So I'm also saying this to everybody else who's going to come on the show. Am I the first, like, dumbass to do this? <laughs> no. Now, come on. Be, no. You can be as cruel as you want. Has anybody else fucked it up before, or is it? am I the first moron that was 10 minutes late just sitting here like just... <laughs> No, just, no, Tom, would, it's happened, it's happened would... that way before, Tim. Just not I'm sitting here practicing the saxophone, waiting for you guys to come get me. Well, see, so you didn't click the button, and you blow pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> well, everybody's got their... Everybody's got their sort of high points and things that they don't do very well. Oh, shit. I'll have to ask. I'll have to ask my wife about that one. Okay, there you go. So, anyways, welcome to the show, Tim. Oh, shut up! <laughs> Can't you see? I'm absolutely just being devastated by this. I feel like a total moron. Thank you very, very much for welcoming me and making me feel at home. I appreciate that. No, we appreciate you coming on and spending some time with us. Yeah, totally. You know, tell us Absolutely. a little bit about you and, you know, uh, what things that you've done and what your plans are, what you've got planned for the future. And, you know, this is about you. Yeah. Hey, by the way, though, before we do get into me, the thing that I was wondering, who does your graphics? That was like one of the hottest, coolest, like intros to a show I've I've ever seen. Who that's, does that with the smoke and all that? That would be that sexy guy sitting in the corner. I, I have no idea. It just, no. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're not yeah. even gonna, because really, I'm, I'm dead. I mean, that was amazing. I just got all caught up in in the countdown, the smoke countdown, and all the great graphics and and drawings and paintings. Amazing. Well, a lot of the drawings uh, actually are cells right out of our comic book. Jeff and I created a comic book. 
So, and that's where all this started, believe it or not. This whole live show and everything actually derived from a comic book that Jeff and I wrote um, three years ago called The Toking Dead, uh, yeah. Weed-Smoking weed Zombies. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Give, 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 him a, give him a couple of years. He'll catch up. <laughs> <laughs> as long as he doesn't have to push a button. <laughs> oh, boy. I can see I'm never going to live this down. This is, that's it. I'm oh, screwed. Good. Uh, no, 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 you're not screwing no. Well, I will say that whenever I get a chance to actually meet you in person, yeah. I will, I will poke you. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know, Jeff. He's down in New York. Oh, you know? yeah. Well, all right. where York. are you guys? Where are you guys all sitting? Uh, I'm in Plymouth, Mass. Plymouth, Plymouth, yep. Mass. Yeah. Yep. The Pilgrims supposedly Halifax, landed. Yep. And you're in Halif Halifax? Halifax, Mass. Yep. Halifax, Mass. Yep. And uh, I'm near Mystic, Connecticut. And you're near Mystic, Connecticut. Yeah. And I'm near, I'm near just about 20 miles up from New York City, but I know Massachusetts well because I went to school there. Oh fuck! You're yeah. going to be 30 minutes from where we are. Yeah, if we're gonna that. we're gonna be down in New York um, Sunday night. Sunday night. Oh yeah, what do you guys got going? We're filming a, the TV series based on our comic book with uh, Bill Diamond Productions. So cool! Oh man, you got to send me a link. I really want to see it. Absolutely. We'll we'll send awesome. you some info. You should come visit. Yeah. yeah. That would now be that would be me, awesome. Tell me about the history a little bit of this show. I know everybody but me knows it because you got so many fans, but it's new to me. So tell me about what your show, what the theme of your show is it is it a a, a talking show? Is it a is it is it a weed based? Yes, it's weed smoking zombies. Well, yeah, the the comic book and the miniseries we're filming is weed based uh, with zombies as the test subjects, using medical cannabis to help heal them. The live show that we're doing tonight, this that's more geared towards everybody from all walks of life in every industry because of the type of stuff that we were allowed to do. So, ah. so we're able to have like a show tonight with somebody such as yourself. Um, last week we had an author for an addicted animal type series book on, uh, we've had playboy playmates on people who have actually cured cancer using cannabis. Um, so, cool. so, but yeah, that's a little bit about us, but the show's all about you. Why are we talking about no, us? No, 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 I'm, I'm really interested. I'm really interested. So now I don't feel so bad because I feel like if everybody out there is talking a little bit. They probably came in late too. Right? They're oh, all yeah. just joining us now. So you were on time. See? That, I was early. Fuck you yeah. guys. I'm early. <laughs> <laughs> he, he walked out on stage during the opening act. <laughs> you were so early you couldn't get it off. <laughs> oh, shit. Oh, man. I love you guys. This is fun. So, um, how'd you start? When'd you first pick up the sax? Oh, man. You know, my father had a music school. He was, um, and so after school every day, maybe starting even before I went to school, maybe starting about four years old or something, he would bring me with him to the to the school and I would bang on the piano and play on the drums and I would try to get sounds out of all the different instruments. It was like, it was an absolute dream for somebody who loved music, just like out of the womb. It was amazing because I would just go down every day after school and like play anything that was laying around. And so my first two instruments at about age four were the drums and the cello. Wow. Okay. I'm just glad you didn't say flute. <laughs> <laughs> I can see where you guys are going. <laughs> uh, <laughs> what did I get myself into here? <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, but I told you guys, I'm, anything you guys want to talk about, I am totally cool. But I, my first real love was the drums. So I started taking drum lessons at about age four. 
And my father, when he was a teenager, he left school and he was a trumpet player and he started touring with burlesque shows. So he felt like he wanted to get a classical education. So he said, I will let you play the drums if you play the cello and learn to read music and learn about classical music. So I said, sure. And, but then I just could never figure out what to play. So I didn't start playing the saxophone till I was maybe 13. I started playing um, the piano at maybe age nine or 10. And then I hit on the saxophone as a real love at a bit about about 13. Wow, nice. Shark Bites, Shark Bites Podcast. It's the greatest show in history. From the Dorkening Network, hosted by a nerd who's named Patsy. From movie reviews to tips on surviving the coronavirus, Shark Bites has it all. Follow us on Facebook and suggest topics at sharkbitespod at gmail.com. Available on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, and wherever you get your favorite podcasts. So how many how many different instruments can you play? Uh, skin I haven't counted. You know, there you guys. Okay, you guys aren't as old as me, but you guys, you I can bet? see we can. We're kind of in the same generation. Yep. So you guys remember when every band had a saxophone player? Oh yeah, right. Oh yeah, Springsteen. Yep. Huey Lewis. Yeah, that was Tina the era. Turner. Every band, but you can't play saxophone for the entire show. That gets boring. So what happens is the drummer's busy, the bass player's busy, guitar players are busy. So if they want, if there's a part for an accordion, if there's a part for a blues harmonica solo, that's going to go to me or the sax player, what we call a utility player. So you got to know how to play keyboards and you got to know how to program. You got to know how to play blues harp. You got to know how to play guitar. You got to know how to play drums and percussion. So all of these instruments are a way to survive. I would go on the road with Tina. I had a long history with piano and saxophone, but then when I would go on the road with Tina, I would listen to her new record that we're going to tour, and I would say, uh-oh, there's a part for a blues harmonica, blues harp. So I said, well, nobody else is going to learn that, so let me go out and buy a few of them and learn how to play it. And then I was always right, because you know who, sh- and, if, and if I didn't show up knowing the exact Part to play and knowing how to play, uh, you know, blues harp. So if if I didn't go to Tina and have everything that she wanted down, there would be hell to pay. My bet. So, so that's how I learned how to play a few instruments. I still okay. haven't counted them. Uh, you know, I got a couple of guitars behind me. So I got a classical guitar and, and a rock guitar back there. I got my horn here and I play a few of the horns. And uh, there's a keyboard right here. <laughs> and I also play, you know, kungas and electronic percussion I still play them in my show. Um, I play drum kit. Um, so I don't know how many is that so far. Uh, I lost count. Uh, yeah, I lost yeah, count I lost after like three. Yeah. <laughs> but now his, but his, I don't know how to. I don't know how to play the cello anymore. Okay, now can you I play two instruments at the same time? What's that? Can you play oh, two play at the same time? Yes. Yeah. Can you play the sax no, and the keyboard. I, I am I am not from a circus family. I, I, 
I, it was curiosity question. I've, I've spent 20 years, 30 years trying to learn how to play the guitar. I just don't get it. Really? Yeah, I just don't get it. Have you studied? Uh, for quite a while I did. And what doesn't come to you? What, what, what refuses to get into your brain? Everything. I mean, I shouldn't say, you know, I mean, I can do my thing, but <coughs> I could never take it to like the level that I wanted to because I, I just, I don't know. I can only do so much with the instrument. And the same thing happened to me when I was young because I took keyboard lessons and I could only get so far to the basics and I couldn't get beyond the basics. Oh, you had crappy teachers. <laughs> I'm maybe sure I was, you can do it. Maybe I was just I'm meant sure to listen can. to music and not play it. No, I, I bet... I bet that that you they could only just take you so far, and then <laughs> that's what my woman says. <laughs> I was waiting for something. I stopped. I didn't say a word. It wasn't me this time, folks. <laughs> and I also have to say that one one instrument that I really love—it's down in my studio—but is the wind synthesizer. Oh, that sounds cool. I don't know if you guys have ever heard of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah I have. Yeah, it's uh, they call it an ewe or a, a wind synthesizer, and it blows I just, and it does things. What's that? <laughs> Say it again. I said you blow on it and it does things. It does amazing things. <laughs> yes. Like I can really, really give a guitar player, like I love playing with like metal guys because it has great like messed up really like nasty guitar sounds on it so if you uh on my album um it my album is called blood on the reed and uh i do a metal version of tequila oh. where i switch back and forth um playing like a real heavy guitar on the wind synth and then a little bit of saxophone. And so many people have come up to me and said, wow, what kind of guitar is that? That really is nasty. And so it's not a guitar at all. So, um, so yeah, so that's something I really enjoy. And it's wireless and I can run through. You know, I was out on the road and then like everybody else, got COVID, closed, closed down all the clubs. But I just love, you know, I love playing. It's like I've, I found another sort of career because I was always somebody's second banana. And, uh, you know, now I'm a real banana. <laughs> I'm a real banana. <laughs> so, so I was like, it was just my favorite thing to just go out in the audience and just just spitting all over everybody so i am i'm waiting i, I would just i i had a two-month tour book it was two weeks into the tour and i had to come home man i just i don't know there it was there this is really kind of weird about my career when i first did the lost boys nobody gave a shit like at all and and then when the Saturday Night Live thing, I don't know if you ever saw it, The Curse, where John Hamm played me, that was about a bit, maybe about 20 years, 25 years after the movie. And now it's another 10. So now that I'm their grandfather's age, for some reason, people want to come out and see me in a club and see if I can, I guess, <laughs> make it through. We do have you know, a couple questions. have an aneurysm or something like that. <laughs> uh, Leo's yeah, Leo trying to pipe so in. Uh, Say it again. Yeah, uh, Leo, so uh, Ben, uh, yeah, uh, we do got a couple questions, and I just wanted to break in also really quick uh, for those of you uh, watching that are uh, interested. And this is actually really awesome. Uh, in the show notes down below or up above, we have a link to uh, Tim's website. It's timcapello.com. And uh, for a really low price, you can get uh, his uh, CDs uh, and they're 
personalized and autographed. Uh, you can buy right from his uh, website right there. You can get Blood on the Read and Why Why I Travel Alone. Uh, and uh, yeah, it's like 10 bucks, 15 bucks, and you can get it autographed and uh, personalized. So awesome. And uh, we did have a question from Corn Space. And uh, Tim, we, we know you worked with some iconic people. Uh, who is the music musician that you look up to the most? Of all the people that I played with, I would say two are sharing a spot in in just my own personal respect and adoration. One is Peter Gabriel. Nice. Wow. And the other is Todd Rundgren. Excellent. Wow. I love it. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Definitely. Oh. Definitely. It, you know, just to be, just to be like around those guys, they're old, they're just like everything, they never stop, they're just living, their, their, their brains, their minds are these fertile gardens that never stop blooming, like they are, I, I'm just, I, I, I just, it was such a great thing just to hang around. Do you know, you guys want to hear something amazing? Totally. Absolutely. I know something that very few people know. You guys, are are you familiar with the song, um, Todd Rundgren's song, Bang the Drum? Yep, absolutely. Okay. Yep. Do you know that he literally dreamt that song from beginning to end, all the chords, all the beats, all the instruments, all the lyrics, the entire song. And like he said that about maybe 10% of his songs are dreamt from beginning to end. And if he wakes up and does it right away and goes to the piano and writes it down, then he has that song. He says he's forgotten them every once in a while. But wow. So he likes to get headbanged in this incredible? Yeah. <laughs> And, and, and Peter is pretty much the same way. He's like always interested in like the next thing. Right, right. Oh, Peter Gabriel's awesome. Oh, yeah. He's awesome. fucking awesome. Yes. <clears throat> yes. I was so lucky. I did one record with him and a tour in the late 70s. That's my era. Yep. So if you're familiar with Peter's second solo record where he's scratching the sky and and you can see the it's it's like it's it's all like white scratches on the picture um that was the one I did and uh supporting that uh in 1978 79 it, and it's a shame I didn't learn as much from him as I could have, um, I I was I was. Well, you were young. You were younger. You I was younger. Open when you're I was, younger. Yeah, I was also. I think at that time, my feeling was that the music business was just a front for the drug business. Exactly. There was always somebody around the road manager just dying to take your money and with tons of drugs and you know i uh got caught up in that a little bit around that time so i i re that's a real regret that i have that i wasn't a little more um clear-headed no no, no 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 wait a minute not, wait a minute wait a minute you're not the only one that no, 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 yeah no, you're not no, the only one that has that said is, that, that to is, us don't stop you can't look at that as a regret you look at that as a life lesson learned, and you're not the person you are today if you didn't go through that. All right, I'll go with that. I'll take that. No regrets. Don't well, regret. You know, Never regret. I mean, you know, you to one, get Jeff. a chance to be ne next to such a genius, and the thing is, he was very, very free with his information. Mm -hmm. Right. You know what I mean? Like, he would show you how he came up with certain songs, he would, he was always writing new ones. He was always very free in showing me how he did things and how he came up with certain things. It's interesting because I remember him once and, and I was hungover or whatever, 
And he said, oh, I'm going out to a show. Um, that's a, uh, what, what, what do you call it? When they have like these um, conventions, I guess you'd call them, about yeah. the security industry. Yeah, it'd be a convention, that, yeah. Yeah, it was a convention. And so he said, would you like to come with me? And I wasn't feeling so good. And he, if I had just been there with him, how much I could have learned. Because, of course, then he came out with uh, his next record was called Security. So it made a big imprint. Like he would get he would get inspiration from places right. that you wouldn't really think of. He really it wasn't much about, you know, love and loss or happiness or whatever. He he's so different because he gets his inspiration from like every part of life. You know, nothing is more important than than anything else. Right. That's why he's one of a kind. Yep. Yep. So uh, Leo, I know that we're way late, but you want to run your commercial? Oh yeah, totally. And I just want to say one thing. Uh, early Peter Gabriel, when he was in Genesis, that is some whacked out shit. Yes, it is. <laughs> some of the best music I know. Oh, I totally agree. Totally agree. Uh, selling, yeah. selling England by the pound. Absolutely love it. Uh, so, uh, you know, as always, we support indie artists and indie businesses, uh, indie professionals. And, uh, you know, Deadly Grounds Coffee, they are a sponsor of ours, and we absolutely love them. And uh, the reason why they're a sponsor of ours, we ran into them at a convention, started drinking their coffee, started drinking way too much of their coffee. And uh, I still buy so much coffee from them. It's the only thing I drink, and it's literally the only it's, – it's the best coffee you'll ever have. Death by Chocolate is amazing. Witches Brew – uh, and if you don't like flavored coffees, they have, uh, you know, um, just like their dark Hell's roast. Fury. Hell's Fury if you like a dark roast. Uh, but here's a zombie talking about coffee. Everyone thinks because you're a zombie, you don't know good coffee. Well, they're wrong. There's only one brew that gets my seal of approval. Deadly Grounds coffee is my guilty pleasure. The aroma is so intoxicating. It brings all of my neighbors out of the woodwork. Deadly Grounds coffee. Coffee to die for and zombie approved. It's good to get a little deadly. Use the front door! Oh, they're so disgusting. And also, uh, we're part of Hellfire Radio and they have a great show, Center Sundays. everybody i'm Diggs, and i'm ashley and we're from hell entertainment join us for center sundays from 8 p.m to 9 p.m on hellfire radio and there we are uh kelly says death by chocolate is the best i totally agree that's what i'm drinking right now and we're gonna send a Huge shout out to Kelly and Mike. Uh, if it wasn't for Kelly and Mike, we wouldn't have this amazing guest here with us tonight. So thank you guys. Amazing, again. amazing might be a bit strong. <laughs> How you doing, darling? I want to shout out for my girl Kelly. She's the best. She yeah, she is definitely a sweetheart. Absolutely. They have gotten me out of more lousy situations and i can count <laughs> <laughs> so, and into some great ones too right so i want to thank her so uh, a lot of people are, are probably watching there they want to know more about uh your experience in the lost boys uh you know how did that come about and how was that experience well it's a weird ass story kind and of like the film i think <laughs> yeah I think you guys, I, I'm just going to tell you that this is 100% the truth. I, for a while, when Tina was the darling, Tina Turner was the darling of MTV in the 80s, and I was in her band, and so there were all these videos, and I was back there and behind her with my shenanigans, so people would call and say, oh, would you like to do this TV show? Would you like to do this film? Would you like to audition for this? So, of course, what happens, right? 
you train all your life to be a musician, then as soon as you get some recognition, they want you to be something else. They want you to be an actor. So I used to go to a lot of auditions. And I, this day, was on the Warner Brothers lot auditioning for the Gary Busey part in Lethal Weapon. Oh, wow. Really? Yes. Now, of course, I didn't get it. <laughs> you Gary don't say. Got it. But I was sitting there with everybody. We're all just sitting around waiting to go in. And a guy I never met before, just never met this dude before, just walks by, stops, and says, you're that guy that plays with Tina Turner, aren't you? And I said, yeah. Now, I want to give a shout out to this guy because he's such a lovely guy and he's he really, he invented, we became close, he was my music publisher, and he invented the job of executive music producer. In other words, somebody who will pick songs from their favorites, is really knowledgeable about all kinds of music, and started putting them in films. And the first film he ever did, and he was a teenager when he invented this job, was Easy Rider. So, and that started this whole thing. But when he walked by, I had no idea who he is. His name is Joel Sill. And and if you want to look, he was the executive music producer on Forrest Gump and a million other films, you know, that have great music in them. But so he said, I said, yeah, I, I play with Tina. He said, uh, I want you to come with me right now. And he walked me down the hall, opened up the door, and there was Joel Schumacher, who had, I had done a full page. I don't know if you guys remember a magazine called Andy Warhol's interview called interview magazine it was a huge it was a huge but it was like a newspaper but it was a very cool uh, magazine in the 70s and 80s and so i walk in and joel is sitting behind his desk and behind him is my picture from from andy warhol's interview magazine Wow. So uh, he said, you know, hi, I, I said, something's telling me no matter what this job is, I get the feeling I got it. <laughs> it's not very <laughs> often you walk in to somebody's office and see your own picture. Right, right. So really, he just said, but he just said, do you want to do a song, perform a song in a movie? And I said, yeah, sounds great. And we just shook on it. He said, I'll let you know all about it. And um, and he did. But the weirdest thing was that I was late for the audition. You don't for- say. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you gave me two fingers up. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> <laughs> but this... I was late not because of an inherent lack of IQ, which is what today is. <laughs> this I was late because I do you ever you ever in your car and you hear a song and you go, oh no, I gotta find out who this is. I'm staying in my car till the end of this, and I'm gonna find out who it is because I'm going to get this cassette after this is over, because this is 1987. And it was, I still believe, by The Call. The original version is not mine. It's by a group named The Call. And so Joel sends it to me. And I already knew the song. I knew every word because that whole album was just like a favorite of mine. And that song specifically was really like, I, you know, how you know a song. And so they sit me down in the studio and it was a real strange situation because ever since 
maybe the 70s, the early 70s or late 60s, when you go to perform a saxophone solo or a vocal, you'll be sitting with the track in your headphones so they can't hear it on the mic and you will perform along with it. You'll do maybe three or four takes. They'll pick the best lines out of everything. But they weren't planning on getting a a vocal. So they had me sitting with a $100 mic that you would never use to get a lead vocal for somebody. And they were blasting the set, the track through their biggest speakers in the control room. And I knew the song so well, I didn't need a lyric sheet or anything like that. It was one of my favorite songs. So I just sang it once and they went, oh, geez, I guess we got it. So it took me much more time to try to figure out where to put the saxophone parts. Well, I can tell you where to put the sax. (laughs) What's that? I said, I can tell you where to put the sax. He's being fresh again. Yes, I know he's being fresh. And I know exactly who it is without even seeing him. <laughs> There's three gonna, of you here. This dude's going to hunt me down. <laughs> I'm going to give him the address to where we're going to be filming. He can come over and take that sax and put it somewhere for you. Yep. Yeah, well, there's just one guy I'm after here. <laughs> So, all right, I'm going to let that one pass. Everybody else knows what you said, but I don't know what you said. <laughs> I could, I think something tells me I can live without it. He's gonna uh, probably, go back yeah. And, he's going to go back and rewatch the show <laughs> yeah, and probably. be like, hey. <laughs> so, no, l- learning where it took probably, it was one take of a vocal. I just sang through it. And it was just supposed to be uh, like a, a just a, a feeling for it, like a, they call it a scratch vocal. And but it took me probably two two and a half hours to try to figure out where to put the saxophone pieces and what they were going to sound like. So the other thing about it was that Joel Schumacher asked me also to write a song, or he let me write a song. And so the one of the greatest things that ever happened to me is that he passed on the song. He said, no, thank you. Because, yes. because when you get a job, right, and you have to write something for a movie, it's, uh, you take little pieces of the script, you try to finagle it, you try to make it sound like what the script feels like to you. And so it was a very, it was something done because somebody said, well, I'll pay you this much money if you write a song, right? It's a job. And and the song sounded like a job. So the luckiest thing that ever happened to me is that they let me perform the song because the other lucky thing was that the call was a Christian band. So I think they didn't want anything to do with any vampires or anything like that. Right, right. So if you listen to the lyrics, they really, it really is kind of like half a song and half a prayer. So I don't think they, so they said, they asked them to be in the movie first and they didn't want to do it. So those two things were two of the luckiest things that ever happened. Well, so um, I'm going to sound like uh, a woman and I'm going to say, you've been holding on to that thing for an hour. Are you going to blow it or what? Let's see. <laughs> yeah. You, you got a little something, you got a little something in the, uh, in the bag of tricks for our fans. Why not? Right. That's right. That's all you're getting. If you want any more of that, you're going to go where, Leo? I can can accept that. 
Where do they have to go if they want more of that, Leo? Uh, the check show the show notes up above or down below? Yeah. Or... <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, the other thing I do want to say, because of COVID, the thing that's really getting me through this are sessions. People send me, they want me to play a sax solo on their record or whatever. I don't know if you guys are familiar with a group called Gunship. No. It sounds they're, familiar. They're a British band, a synthwave band. Have you ever heard of synthwave music? No. No? Oh, okay. Check them out. Um, yeah, I really... Uh, yeah. There's a song that I uh, played on for them called Dark All Day. And I think you guys, it's right up your alley. You guys would really like this. Actually, and I remember I remember reading about it. It debuted at number one on the electronic it charts. Came in in yeah. that kind of music, they're like the biggest synthwave band that there is. Right. And I'm um I don't know his name, but I'm doing some stuff with um for gunship, um doing some stuff together with um Marilyn Manson's guitar player. Oh nice. So we're gonna have a ball on that. And they've got a new record coming out. And I'm playing on a few tunes, probably about four or five tunes. And uh, so I'm getting to the point where I'm almost becoming a member of the band. It, you guys will love this. It was, it was the hardest video I've ever had to do. They, I went in and the first thing they did was just get like a fire hose and hose me down with fake blood and during the whole thing it was just raining blood and it took me about three weeks to get the blood out of my damn horn there's probably <laughs> still there's probably still some in there somewhere i clean it as best i can but that was that was really something i think uh yeah so i, I want to tell everybody because they are my new favorite band and i just it's it's such a good mix nice. that i just love these guys so much what we They're what we gonna funky. what we gonna do is get uh we're gonna get tim over onto the film set so that i can squirt him with a shitload of fake blood <laughs> <laughs> oh i know they're gonna i know they're gonna put me through it again so <laughs> yes if you want a good laugh come by for the shooting of that video because but what it, what synthwave really is is eighties futuristic. Okay, so I'm familiar with the sound. Cool, yeah, yeah. So it's funky. They got they use you know they use like the old synthesizers. These guys right. are serious. You know the ones that like look like the phone company from the fifties, like Rick Wakeman used to play and all that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So they're 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 the real deal on this. And uh, I'm just so happy about that. So I, I do sessions for people. I do saxophone lessons, Skype lessons for people. And I do a ton of cameos. Do you, you do, guys know what do you cameo do free cameos? Oh, yeah. Do you do free cameos? <laughs> <laughs> hey, come on, Cough it up, baby. Well, our movie's self-funded, man. It's costing us a lot. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, I, I my, think my stepdaughter uh, taught me about, told me about it, and like I'm just doing them a million of them every day. That's nice. awesome. And so it's get, it's getting us through this COVID. My wife's working from home, and I'm working from home, doing fun stuff like this for the hell of it. And then, you know, to, to keep food on the table, the cameos and the session work and stuff like that. And, you know, I'd rather be out there with people, um, having you know, fun. having fun and playing my show. I have a right. one man show that I travel around with. And, I do too. Uh, my wife don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> Say it again. I said, I do too, but my wife don't like it. Oh my God. <laughs> Oh, hey there, Count Panic. I got a question for you. What's that, Bob? What do you know about Mothman, the Loch Ness Monster, ghosts, demons, and things that go bump in the night? Not much, Bob. Well, lucky for you, we host a podcast called Bob After Dark, where we talk about legends, lore, and the supernatural. Wow, where can I find this podcast? Wherever you find your great podcasts at.
Have you guys ever just considered it making just the two of you? This guy's really bringing it down <laughs> to the gutter. I mean, oh, what I yeah. do. He lives in the gutter. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm really serious. You guys are, you guys are smiling. You're just sitting back waiting for the next like <laughs> nasty ass thing. Well, the the thing is, you got to see him when the gummies kick in, though, because he's a completely different person. <laughs> <laughs> you mean he's even worse? Yeah. <laughs> I, I I did have a low dose gummy tonight. Oh, Tell man. me about gummies. <clears throat> gummies? Oh, it's gummies. A... Yes. I thought you said dummies. I thought you were. So you usually keep a big bowl of gummies? <laughs> <laughs> No, it's he, just one at a time. He uses um, THC gummies. Yeah, Jeff tell uses. Me, tell me about your gummy addiction. <laughs> <laughs> well, I sometimes you know. substitute real gummies. Uh huh. I need to know. Oh, you never, you never did an edible. Oh, now I understand. Okay, all right. See? We got to talk about this. Push the button. Push the button. <laughs> we got to talk about this. I have you, I am actually, I don't know if I'm the first person maybe you've ever met, but I am allergic Ooh. to weed. You're not the oh. first person. No, you're not have the you first person. Have people who are allergic? Oh, yeah. The, yep. last, the last time, the last two times I did it, I wound up in the emergency room because I'm just allergic. Yeah. That's, that sucks. Yeah. Doesn't that suck? That when does. I was a kid, I used to do it all the time. From maybe about 11 to 14 or 15. And then I became allergic to it. And then I can't do it. now, I do, not, not to get too serious or whatever, but I have an anxiety condition. Yep. So CBD helps me quite a bit. Okay. Excellent. Very good. Yeah. Excellent. See, I use I use uh, I, I use CBD a lot. Leo uses it. Jeff also uses Leo? CBD. Yeah, all three of us use it. What about now? Tell me about your dosages and why you use it. So for me, uh, I started using it about three years ago for sciatic back pain. So I do uh, a a broad spectrum tincture, uh, and I do about I want to say thirty to fifty milligrams a day. Okay. So a, a couple of squirts in the morning, a couple at night. Um, sure. But because I've done that, I was able to put down Motrin 800s after six months. So I haven't touched them in over two years. Wow. Yeah. You know, you're like the third or fourth person that's told me about really da like damaging pain that gets in the way of their life. Oh, yeah. Being totally cured. And isn't it amazing? Because I just use it for anxiety. But it works. it works so well. Right, right. Well, I, I use it for the same thing that Ben uses it for, and that's the sciatic. Oh, you have but a sciatic? Also, it also helps calm me down. I double dose when I have to drive into the city, especially if I need to park. Dose, 100 milligrams? What's double no, dose? 100? Double dose for me would probably be 60 to 70. Yeah, I was going to say about 60. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And, and but you don't? Uh, no, I do. Uh, I uh, I have bad back pain. Um, I got a um, compressed um, uh, vertebrae. And uh, when I wasn't taking it, my back was getting really bad. I go to a chiropractor every week. Um, but also now that you mentioned anxiety, when I was off it for a while, I've, I had my first, uh, I talked to my doctor about this, my first uh, anxiety attack really freaked the hell out of me really wow. yeah. okay so uh you know uh, but oh, you been... guys didn't know that no. oh no, no i know it i know it's used for anxiety i mean it's yeah. used for it's used for a broad spectrum of things um but i personally haven't met anybody that uses it just for anxiety right. well yeah. it calms me down i yeah. actually first started using cbd not for my pain but because i had to be a passenger in the car when my father-in-law was driving <laughs> <laughs> So it relaxed me, but it also helped me with my pain, and that's how it started for me. Right. Ah. Wow. Yeah. That's why you double dose. That's why he double yep. doses. 
Uh, now that uh, I know, I now that I know this uh, for anxiety, I think uh, uh, I'll yeah. start taking more of it because um, my my you know it, it's I don't know if it's hereditary, but my uh, my brother and my sister suffer from it, and uh, you know anxiety attacks. I didn't realize they were so debilitating. You know, it's uh, like I I I felt dark. Like it, it was it was weird. It was like I got the chills and I felt like the world was gonna end like right that second. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, but there's different kinds of anxiety attacks too, yeah. you know. Right. Sure, sure. So you use and, it. And you use it for anxiety, so, Tim. Say it again. I said you use it for anxiety. How is it? How I is it do. helping you? I do, and it really helps me a lot. And um, I've had both, you know, attacks and sort of generalized anxiety uh, syndrome. So mm-hmm. I, I have to, um, you know. It's it's I have to use it pretty constantly for that. Right, right. But I can cut down on my medications, which is great. Right, right. That's that's the best part. Of it. Well, that's the key right there. You know, if you can get away from some of the pharmaceutical medications Crap. and use a uh, uh, how do I even word this correctly without getting shot tomorrow? Um, <laughs> use a plant such as, as it's the holistic cannabis. medicine. Yeah. The holistic side uh-huh. of the cannabis plant. Uh-huh. Um, that's what our whole comic book is based on. So we oh, actually, yeah. we actually, instead of using somebody like yourself with anxiety or somebody like us with back pain or cancer patient or somebody with PTSD, we just use a zombie. That's the bottom line. It's a I zombie, get it. and we're sure. helping cure them. Um, you know, using the cannabis plant in all forms, but we kind of made it, it's adult humor, uh, some slapstick humor, you know, Jeff and I are the main characters. So kind of how you've seen us interact tonight is kind of how the comic book flows. So it's Uh always, it's, it's always really, really good for us to have a guest such as yourself on, first of all, talking about your music and, and about your, you know, acting capabilities and everything that you've gone through and done. And then at right. Just because he can act. Doesn't mean he has capabilities. Uh, we taught you did have to teach him how to push the button. It's okay. I was going to say something about that too. I don't think I've ever. I don't think I've ever been accused of having acting capability. That was the first, and I got shot down by somebody I don't even know. Oh shit. Wow, but to, but awesome. to have you come on, you know, and do do everything we've done tonight, and then right, you know, towards we're getting close to the end of the show, but um, right at the end of the show to have you come out, you know, and say, well, I use CBD regularly, uh, and that wasn't even something that we had on topic to discuss this evening. So that that makes us feel good to know that you know it it helps a lot of people from a lot of walks of life. And the interesting thing is that. THC is what I'm allergic to. And so this plant is so versatile. Like in other words, THC does exactly the opposite. It takes my anxiety through the roof and I've got to go to the hospital. You know, because I would say, oh, maybe it'll help. Once I had some friends in some states and I'd say, would you send me some gummies? (laughs) And you know what I mean? And let me try this out. And, and the same thing happened. But right. yet, I was a little scared to try the CBD. But isn't it amazing that it has exactly the opposite effect on me? Because everybody's mm-hmm. different. Yeah, your bo- everybody's body chemistry is different. Yep. Absolutely. But how versatile this thing is, right? Right. No, exactly. There's no waste. No waste. Yep. Very so. cool. Right. Very cool. So, so. We, do, we do have to start wrapping up because Leo has another show this evening. Um so any last um, questions questions did i miss leo uh i think i got them all uh michael okay. says you two better have on your bunny slippers hey, i just Mike, bought two I, more I, pair i, I just want to say something real quick pair. i have three all right all right you and your fucking bunny slippers take a pill <laughs> <laughs> i gotta say something to mike um i love the i love the new facebook picture mike I don't know if you can see that, Leo. See that Facebook picture right there? Oh, yeah. That is my picture. I took that picture. <laughs> that is Mike. That is Mike's cameo in our upcoming miniseries. Cool. That is awesome. I love it. So I just had to say I loved it because I just happened to see it like six times flash up on the screen tonight. 
well, uh, just want to uh, make note that, you know, everybody watching right now, you know, uh, the fun's not going to end because we're going to be doing a lo another live show uh, just right here uh, in about half an hour. So uh, over on Hellfire Radio, over on Adorkening, uh, it'll uh, go just about everywhere. And we're going to be talking about 80s horror and uh, we're going to do a roundtable discussion, all, all of us t going down our list of our top favorite movies, uh, horror movies of the 80s. Uh, so I'm That's a tough decade, dude. I know. Yeah, I, that's so really much tough decade. Shit, oh, yeah. That is a tough decade. Come on, decade. Put, give, me, give us a good word. Give the Lost Boys a good word there. Oh, totally. Put somewhere in there. Oh, yeah. Oh, it, I'm, sure, I'm sure it's probably in there. <laughs> Good. Yeah, it, it's it's on my list, uh, and uh, yeah, so it's uh, we we got a lot we got a lot. Well, to I just for. hope that the next interview you do that the stupid bastard isn't ten minutes late. <laughs> <laughs> we wanted we wanted our fans to get that concert feel. <laughs> you mean like Sly Stone? <laughs> yeah, you know, we were all up here on screen going, Timmy, 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 and you didn't show up. <laughs> That's hysterical. No, the only one better than that is to show up 10 minutes late and then do the interview like this. Right? <laughs> right. <laughs> I, I, I have so to... great to meet you guys. Thank you so much. No, thank you, dude. It was awesome. This was been a, a, an absolute ball. This has been one of one of the funnest shows in a while. Yeah, this so, has been yeah. a ball. Oh, that's nice. And I can't wait. You guys now when you guys are doing your thing, are you doing it with a, an audience? Uh, no. Well, usually oh, when look, I do my look. thing, there's no other people around. Yeah, because then we're not ready yet. <laughs> But hopefully we'll get a chance, right? I'm waiting for the day when we can all dance around and spit all over each other. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm down for that. All right. Depends it's on what we're spitting. It's a date. Okay. Absolutely. So on, on that note, Leo, yeah. you know, uh, I know you got another show, so yeah. you want to start wrapping this out? Totally. All right, guys. Uh, hang tight for a minute, Tim. Hey, hang yep. tight there, buddy. Uh, you don't go anywhere. I want to thank everybody for watching, and I urge you definitely check out Tim. Uh, you, show notes down below or up above. Got all his information <laughs> right there. Uh, and uh, for me, just Google Leo Pond. You find a bunch of stuff. Could be true. Could be not. I'm still not saying which is which. Uh, but more importantly, head on over to thedorkening.com, which you can find a bunch of shows on network. 30 shows right now. And some of them are going to be heading on over to Hellfire Radio, which is a lot of fun. And uh, with that, uh, we'll kick it off to, uh, well, actually, Tim. Um, yep. So you don't do social media? you got your Facebook page, but you don't really do social media? I, Facebook is all I can muster. Okay. I'm 65 years old. Facebook is all anybody's getting out of me. Okay, but they can find you on Cameo, though. And Cameo, yeah. absolutely, and TimCapello.com. T-shirts, pins. Pictures, albums, yeah, auto music, autographed albums, or everything autographed. Oh, that's awesome. Uh, so yeah, totally check out the show notes down below or up above. Uh, Jeffrey. Well, I first yeah, of all, man. I want to thank I want to thank Tim. What an awesome, awesome show this was. Uh, I had a lot of fun. Um, you know, if you want to Google Leo, be my guest. I wouldn't believe anything I read, and just don't <laughs> Google me because it wouldn't be a pleasurable experience. So. Um, but Facebook, you want to reach out, you reach out to me on Facebook. I don't do that other social media stuff. It's a waste of my time. Okay. Wow. Wow. It's a waste of his time. So everybody watching on YouTube and Twitch and everything else, remember Jeff said it was a waste of his time. I never said no, that. No, that's Ben. That, that's Ben's department. <laughs> now, see? No, man, you can, you can find us on all social media links, everything from YouTube to Twitch to the Dorkening Podcast Network over on Hellfire Radio Facebook on Hellfire Radio and 365 app Friday and Saturday nights. And Hell Entertainment. Hell Entertainment. Um, shit. shit. We're everywhere. We even got a fucking MySpace, okay? For the 65-year-old. <laughs> uh, huge thank you to Tim Capello for coming out and hanging out with us tonight, man. Uh, I haven't laughed that hard in a long time. I'm looking forward to hanging out with this cat for sure. For sure. Uh, to Leo for doing what he does all the time and making us look so awesome up here. Um, 
to all our veterans and first responders, we want to thank you for what you do every day so people like us can come up here and do what we do every day. We love you, and we'll see you in two weeks. We're not here next week. We're on the road. But we might be. I haven't decided uh, we don't yet. Know yet. I, well, we don't I, know yet. We may or may not stay, be here. you got to have to stay tuned. So, so what, stay they're, tuned. what they're saying is Ben might message me like, you know, 20 minutes of seven saying, hey, you want to go live? <laughs> 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 well, the reason I'm saying that, and I'll just I'll bring everybody up to speed. Jeff and I are filming the miniseries based on the comic book. Uh, we head down to New York for round two of filming on Sunday. We'll be returning on Wednesday. We're not sure what time. So if it's possible, we'll be here. If if, it, if it's not, um, the amazing eye candy up in the corner, Leo, will throw something up for us. Yeah. Um, we'll figure, but we do love we'll you all. It out. Hopefully it's not cat fur. <laughs> <laughs> we'll catch you guys later. Bye. See you later. Us, we'll buy you a mile acceptance, my free mind will keep me from under your spell. And when we die, you'll be another angel in heaven, but me, I'll be. A fucking legend in her